Welcome back. This is the next episode in our WBL collaboration. And this week's inspiring woman is Tisha Montgomery. She started her career as a nurse, and that means today where she's a senior executive responsible for patient access, she never forgets why she's doing what she's doing. And her job, it's all about transformation and innovation. And she loves it. You'll hear about her career journey and how she's learned to run her own race, as well as making sure that everyone else's priority no longer needs to be her priority. How she learned that and other advice from Tisha you can hear in this episode. Please subscribe to hear more every week, Incredible Women. But now let's hear from Tisha. This is Inspiring Women, and I'm Laurie McGraw. I'm here at the WBL Summit in Amelia Island, and I'm excited to be speaking to a number of the prominent members of the WBL community, and one of them is with me today. That's Tisha Montgomery, and she is a senior vice president at Houston Methodist, where she is responsible for system patient access, and Tisha, I'm delighted to be speaking with you. Thank you so much, Laurie. I'm delighted to be here. Okay. <laughs> We're going to get going, and so, um, so Tisha, you You've been in healthcare for a bit now in senior level positions, chief operating officer, you're involved in innovation, you are from the Ohio State University, as we have established, <laughs> and um, maybe give us a little bit of your bio sketch, and then we'll talk a little bit about what you do day to day at Houston Methodist. Absolutely. Thank you so much again, Lori. So my background, it has always been healthcare. Um, believe it or not, I've been in healthcare now for over 20 years, been in leadership for 20 years. Wow. <laughs> you don't look it. <laughs> uh, so yes, I'm from Ohio, um, hence my, my background with the Ohio State University. Um, I was raised in Youngstown, went to nursing school at Ohio State, and also went to graduate school at Ohio State and got my MHA. Um, while I was in nursing school, I worked all through school. Mm -hmm. And so I started in healthcare, you know, working as a unit clerk. Mm -hmm. I worked as a unit clerk. Was that at the VA where you were the nur nurse at the VA? It was before that. Uh -huh. I was at the James Cancer Hospital, Ohio State's James Cancer Hospital as a unit clerk. Oh, wow. Then became a PCA and I worked on a hematology oncology unit and saw everything, mm -hmm. the sides of healthcare. We did everything back then. So I was with the patients doing, you know, you name it. And, and because of the type of unit I was on, you know, was there with them even in death. Mm -hmm. So that showed me a whole, you know, just that, that side of healthcare. I did all that while I was in nursing school um, and then started working for the VA mm -hmm. in Columbus, Ohio. And I stayed at the VA when I became a registered nurse. Mm -hmm. So I worked for the VA in primary care, went to grad school as well at the same time for my MHA. And after I graduated, I went to Minnesota. I moved from Ohio to Rochester, Minnesota oh my goodness! and worked at Mayo Clinic. I was an administrative fellow at Mayo Clinic. And stayed there for 11 years and uh, various uh, various capacities and leadership roles over my time there. Um, before moving to Houston in 2014, I was with another large healthcare system um, overseeing the operations for their ACO, Accountable Care Organization and Physician Network. And then transitioned to Houston Methodist in 2018. I started as the vice president for operations and patient access for the physician organization. Mm -hmm. We have over a thousand employed physicians. Large you know, organization. Yes, yeah. yes. Several store, um, several different um, storefront locations. And um, 
about four months ago, I started my new role as senior vice president of for patient access for the system. So I took half of my job with the physician organization, kept that, and then expanded it. System well, congratulations! I mean, what a storied career. So you know, I think with um, in healthcare today, we know that there's just like so much cost, and we're going. I mean, we're past the four trillion mark. We're headed towards five trillion um, in spend, and a lot of that heavy cost comes from administrative costs. And I think that for senior executives like yourself to have sort of like been there, done that, and grown up on the clinical side, so that you can really see what patient care delivery um, looks like. I have to believe that is so impactful for you in your executive position um, in Houston. I'm just imagining that's yeah, a tremendous asset for you. Yes, absolutely. It, you know, it's given me a completely different perspective that I think I would not have otherwise had if mm -hmm. I had not worked on the clinical side for, for so long. Mm -hmm. and, and just being able to see you know, why we do what we do. I think yeah. sometimes in administration and when we get to certain levels, um, you know, I, I think we all have the right intentions. We all have the right motives, but sometimes you can get disconnected yeah. and it's easy to forget why we do what we do. And, and so being with the patients and the capacity that I've been able to work with them, it really helps to keep it in perspective. So what is, so, so what, what is your new senior vice president, you know, role? So it's everything that you used to do plus a whole lot more. <laughs> so what is, what does day-to-day look like? Day-to-day, day-to-day is different every <laughs> single day. Uh, you know, so, so really my, my new job is really around making our system the most accessible system in Houston. Okay. That's what my job is with patient access. It's really looking at the patient experience before they even hit our doors, mm -hmm. um, whether they hit our physical doors or whether they connect with us virtually. Um, but what is that whole experience like? Really breaking down barriers, looking at our workflows, looking at digital innovation and technology, and really transforming how patients can connect with us and, and make it easy and seamless. And, and Lori, I know, I know you know this, you know, today we get everything on demand, yeah. right? You know, we're, we get our banking on demand, we Netflix on demand, yeah. you know, everything, you know, I can get groceries delivered to me, Amazon, Uber, you name it. And, and, and so now the, the, those same demands people expect for healthcare, you yeah. know, no longer are the days where they want to wait, you know, three weeks to see their doctor, then I have to drive 20 miles to get there. You know, they're not doing that anymore. And so, you know, I see my role is how can we continue to transform that and really make it easy for patients to get to get into our services and, and, and meet that same level of expectation that they have in every other aspect of their life. So how are you doing that? Because I mean, one of the things that we we know, so you grew up in the, um, in the, in multiple healthcare systems, you know, how complex they are. And you also know, they're a little bit dated in terms of, so innovation is a different beast. And now you are up against, you know, the Amazons of the world, the one medicals and the likes, so the pace of expectation, like you're talking about in terms of the, um, the patients, we do want it all to be easy, but you also know better than anyone probably how complicated it can be. And I know that you're responsible for innovation in addition to patient access. You're on the innovation council or whatever yes. that senior <laughs> leadership group is at Houston um, Methodist. So how does innovation get embedded? How do you evaluate how you can actually take what is a lot of great ideas out there and actually implement them within your health system? Great question, Lori. So innovation, especially at Houston Methodist, is something that I am extremely excited about um, because I've seen it done differently there. Mm -hmm. So innovation at our organization, honestly, it, it, it started as a book club. Mm -hmm. Okay, it started as a book club. So our Center for Innovation began about five years ago. 
And it started as a journal club. It was just a group of people that got together that were very interested in digital technology. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they would get together and, and, and you talk about articles, share articles over emails or what have you. I joined the organization around that time that group was getting started. And so they they called themselves DIOP, which stands for Digital Innovation Obsessed People. Okay. <laughs> and the name stuck, right? And so you're that's just like, I need to belong to you. Yes, <laughs> sign me up. I, I'm obsessed. <laughs> and so when I joined the organization in, in 2018, I became a part of this DIOP group. Uh -huh. And um, that's what became our Center for Innovation. Mm -hmm. and, and so we do have a Chief Innovation Officer, Roberta Schwartz. And who, who leads the group. However, the unique thing about this group is our chief innovation officer is also the CEO of our flagship hospital. Oh, And, and so all of the members of our innovation team we're operators too. Right. And so it's not a separate unit. So often we see team, uh, organizations that have a completely separate innovation group. Right. And then when you try to execute those ideas into operations, you sometimes run into a lot of resistance. Well, also it's work. like, it's one of those things. I mean, and the number of people who are in type of innovation roles that are, you know, separate, almost as like a strategic project, yes. right? I mean, those, when there are um, budget constraints, perhaps those often are the things that are less important invested in. So what a great model, Absolutely, you know, opportunity for actual implementation of some of these ideas. Absolutely. It's worked very well. So we have an interdisciplinary group that, that all comes together. Mm -hmm. And so we have the operators, we have hospital operators, we have physician organization operators, we have HR at the table, we have legal at the table. Yeah. So we can get through those contracts <laughs> more quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have IT at the table, you name it. And so we have the right representatives revenue cycle. So everybody's at that table together. And so as we come across these ideas, we're, we're basically, we're doing it to ourselves, yep. right? We're doing it to ourselves and you get the buy-in and you're able to have the speed to execute more quickly than I think you would otherwise. Okay, well, I'm rooting for you because I mean, there's nothing like um, innovation that's needed in healthcare. And you're in a, I mean, you're in an area, Houston, diverse population, very spread out, although concentrated in some areas. So a lot of people to serve. Okay, Tisha, let's come back to you a little bit. So we're at the WBL conference and we've got 300 people here in beautiful Amelia Island, of networking going on of senior executive women. Why did you join WBL? Why is it important to you? So I joined WBL um, right at the point when I transitioned from Mayo Clinic and uh, moved to Houston. Mm -hmm. And so when I started my COO role overseeing the physician network and um, the physician network, one of my mentors from Mayo Clinic, a former, um, our former chief administrative officer, Shirley Weiss, mm -hmm. um, she actually nominated me and told me about WBL and said, mm -hmm. okay, now Tisha, you're at this level <laughs> that yep. you should be a part of this group. And so she told me about the organization. She nominated me and I came to my first summit um, and, and, and attended with her and she showed me the ropes and connected me with a lot of great women. And that first summit that I, that I came to it, it just felt different. I don't mm -hmm. know how else to describe it. You know, I've gone, you know, again, I've been in healthcare for years. I've gone to several conferences, but this conference was different. Mm -hmm. It really felt genuine. There was just a lot of women coming together, helping each other. Mm -hmm. And even some of the, the sessions that we had, the networking sessions where we have the table talks and, you know, you'd have the various questions that you flip over and people talk about, you, you you can actually get real problem solved, right? Mm -hmm. You can literally talk at the table around challenges that you're facing or 
or, or you know, if, if some, you, you have investors at the table, you have so many people around that are so well connected. And again, everyone just had a genuine interest in helping each other. Yeah. And, and so I just love the vibe that I got from WBL. And once I came to that first summit, I, I was sold. And so <laughs> I've remained a member, um, you know, since, you know, what was that? Maybe 2014, 2015, um, around that time. And this has been a great, a great organization. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's like, I, I personally, similar thing, didn't know about WBL until um, somebody who I brought on um, to my team uh, said, we need to be a sponsor. I'm like, absolutely. What are we talking about? <laughs> you know, it's like the best kept secret. Yeah. So let's talk about just um, in your career. So having all these different senior level positions and now moving up to the executive suite, um, what's been the secret? So we're going to talk about obstacles and I'm sure you've got plenty of things that you've had to um, address along the way in terms of things you've had to face and then conquer, but what's been important to you? you, Are you thoughtful about your career and always sort of looking for the next thing? Is it mentors? Is it something that just like, this is always what you wanted to be? what, What is your secret? secret sauce for being the executive you are today? <laughs> prayer. Lots of prayer. <laughs> Faith is important. Yeah, lots of prayer and favor. Um, <laughs> divine intervention. Um, that's my oh, no. <laughs> um, so in addition to all of that, what I would say is, you know, you have to execute. You have to execute. You know, at the end of the day, um, I, you know, I, I see it's the results, you know, mm-hmm. that, that matter and, and building the relationships. You know, you have to have good relationships build good connections, have integrity, you know, be a, be a woman of your word. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when you execute, you have those good relationships and people can see the results. Uh, I think that's how I've been able to navigate, navigate up to the level where, where I'm at today. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, but I'm going to push on you a little yes, bit. Push so, on me, Lori. so, uh, so every senior executive, um, has accomplishments sort of under their belt. But as a woman, as a black woman, there are other things that you are dealing with that where people have expectations of perhaps you're not right for something, or you're not going to be as um, excellent at what you're doing. Have you experienced that? If you've experienced it, how have you overcome it? So I would say, you know, what I have experienced is probably the feeling of I have to work harder mm-hmm. than other people in the room in order to get that same level of respect or that same level of advancement. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, and, and sometimes I would say that that could be a perception and sometimes it could be real. Mm-hmm. But the reality is when you are, you know, the only one at the table, whether it's the only woman, the only African-American um, you know, I do think sometimes there are some unconscious bias that can come to that, mm-hmm. um, that can come with that. Everyone, maybe not, intentionally, but, but they're there sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so I think I, I have had to deal with, well, I I probably couldn't get away with the same things that some of my peers can get away with, right. Mm -hmm. You're not, I probably couldn't say that and get away with it. Right. They, they look differently upon me if, if, if I said those same things. And so I think just really, um, you know, overcoming some of those internal, you, you kind of, you know, sense that on the inside yeah. and then um, really trying to overcome that, the, those mental battles that, that you're, that that's going through your mind, you know, as you're going through all of this. Um, and, and so I say, that's what I have experienced. Um, and again, for me, the ability to overcome it has just been knowing who I am. And I think when you know your self-worth, when you know your value, yeah. um, then you realize you you don't have to compromise for anyone else. You know, I, I can run my race. Yeah. And once I understood my value, I knew what I could bring to the table. 
then it didn't matter to me what 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 promotion somebody else got. It didn't matter. Oh, oh my goodness, are they going to steal my spot? What's for me is for me. And I know what I can bring to the table. Yep. And so it was just, I think learning, and I'll say this, learning to maximize the moment. Yeah. Maximize the moment that you're in. Not to say that you shouldn't look for, you know, you're always kind of thinking ahead. What else should I be doing? How else can I be approving? So you always have that, you know, and you, you can always have that in the back of your mind. And you're trying to think of how can I make myself better constantly? But you also have to realize, how do I maximize this space that I'm in right now? So give us an example, because I think those are like really, really true statements in terms of what you're saying. But I also know, even from myself and so many mm -hmm. women that I talk to, the sort of like being inside your head and letting those doubts fester, mm -hmm. um, you know, that can be that can be an obstacle. And so then having a way to sort of shake yourself out of it or having the confidence, how have you done that? Like what has allowed you, um, you know, maybe in that maximizing a moment perhaps mm -hmm. to be able to do that? Because I think that many women, um, sort of stay in the head, you know, yeah, and yeah. don't take the opportunity mm -hmm. that might be available to them. Right. Right. Well, um, I can't say that I've always done it a hundred percent, right. The way that I think I, I could have, right. When you look back, there are times where you don't speak up. Mm -hmm. There are times where you don't feel like I, I don't feel like I should be at this table with everyone else, right? Mm -hmm. I don't feel like that I'm at that same level. And, and so you do shy away or I don't feel like I'm qualified for this job, mm -hmm. you know? And so maybe you don't throw your hat in. Um, and I think how how have I been able to get over that? Um, just really taking a step back and recognizing, you know, like, why not? Mm -hmm. Right. Like what I, you know, what, 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 why not? Right. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I can do this. You know, I know what I can bring to the table again. And sometimes, like I said, you miss those opportunities. I can't say that I've um, done everything a hundred percent correct throughout my career because I certainly have not. Mm -hmm. uh, but then you learn from that, mm -hmm. you know, when, when you kick yourself or you kind of like, oh my goodness, I missed that. Or why didn't I do that? You learn from that and you kind of self-correct from that, from yeah. those moments. And then, you know, go for it. I wouldn't be in Houston if I wouldn't have gone for it, right? You know, when I applied for the job that I came here for, um, you know, I didn't, wow, a, a chief operating officer, like, could I, do I, wow, like, could I really do that? <laughs> you know, should I do that? You know, um, but if I didn't make that leap and just, you know, go for it, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And so I think you have to learn to overcome those thoughts that try to hold you back. Yep. Well, one, um, another thing that I know from speaking with lots of senior executive women, um, is sort of like the learning never stops and it's almost like it becomes more important, the more seasoned and se senior, um, you are. So just assuming that that is true for you, what are you learning that excites you these days that keeps you inspired about the work that you're doing? So yes, constantly learning that that's always learning and improving. And honestly, Lori, Coming to WBL mm -hmm. is a part of learning, mm -hmm. I would say. Um, taking the time to invest in yourself. As a senior leader, we care for so many other people, right? You have so many staff underneath you. You have layers of leaders underneath you. Um, you're juggling family, husband, kids. You know, there's a lot of things even out, outside of work that you're juggling and people that you are taking care of. And so often we don't take care of ourselves. So I think learning to take care of myself at this level mm -hmm. is really inspiring, right? And, it's, and, and <laughs> it's learning that I can do that and still be successful. Yep. It's learning that I'm able to do that right. and I'm still able to balance. I can still be effective and still do self-care. Yep. And I think I didn't realize that earlier on in my career, you know, you always kind of feel like you have something to prove. Yep. So you're always, oh, let me prove this. So everyone's priority became my priority. Yep. And I was, yes, 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 I can do it, I can do it. And I've learned now over the years as I've become more seasoned and more experienced, 
No, yeah. everyone's priority is not my priority. And it's not always yes, but let me tell you what I can do. Yeah. And you have to learn how to set those appropriate boundaries. And again, take time for yourself. And as I said before, coming to WBL is one of these moments where women can invest in themselves. Yep. Yeah. Well, that is incredible. And I think also, you know, you talk about like where you started, where you sort of, you didn't say this exactly, but I'm taking it as I outworked, I did, <laughs> I did more and that's what I did. And it mattered. And now recognizing that you don't have to, um, sort of give up on not giving yourself the space to take care of very important things like yourself. So that is fantastic. You know, Tisha, as we close out on this inspiring women conversation, um, just as you have done so much, you are a very senior, a senior vice president at Houston Methodist. Um, if you were to look back when you started and just give your like, you know, 20 year old self advice, uh, what, what would you say for other sort of younger listeners who want to be you when they grow up? Oh my goodness. Those who want to be me. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, so as I would look back, you know, go back 20 or so years ago and, uh, talk to my younger self or talk to, um, young careers that want to make it up the rank right now. Um, you know, I think the things that that I would say is, again, know yourself and know your worth, mm -hmm. right? Understand who you are, know what you're capable of, and don't let people limit you. I think we allow people to put us in a box, um, whether it's because of our past experiences, where we've come from, or even the types of jobs that we've had in the past. Sometimes people try to box you in, you know, just to that one particular area that you that you may have worked in for a few years. And so I'd say, don't put limits on yourself. And just, it's a whole big world out here. Mm -hmm. And you always don't have to have things so mapped out. Now, planning is important. I'm not, I'm not saying anything against planning. But what I am saying is, don't limit yourself. Mm -hmm. There are so many opportunities. There are so many opportunities to be a leader, to grow in your career. And, and you know, just keep an open mind. Don't let people limit you. If you want to go for it, go for it. If you don't get it, get the feedback and adjust, yeah. you know, learn how to take feedback, constructive criticism without being defensive, right? And, and, and self-correct and go for it again. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. would be the advice I would give. Well, I think that's great advice. And this has been such a great, mm -hmm. inspiring women um, conversation. I think that, you know, that advice to your 20 year old self is probably <laughs> something that will um, play it forward. Um, so congratulations yeah. again on the senior vice president promotion. I'm confident it won't be the last one um, that you ever receive. I've been speaking with Tisha Montgomery and Tisha, thank you thank so you. much. Thank you so much, Lori. This has been an episode of Inspiring Women with Lori McGraw. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We are produced by Kate Cruz at Executive Podcast Solutions. More episodes can be found on inspiringwomen.show. I am Lori McGraw, and thank you for listening.